big spider problem in this city, Yaz. Glad to be home. Go on, Daisy. Tell me exactly what's going on, omitting no detail, no matter how strange. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and on tonight's episode, we are going to be reviewing the fourth episode in Doctor Who Series 11, the 2018 series of Doctor Who, and this episode is called Arachnids in the UK. For starters, let's give some introductions, and I'll start off with Lee Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I am well, sir, and hope you are the same. I am quite well. So what's been going on with you lately? Mm, just work, 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 work. Mm. No celebrations, no 80th anniversary celebrations of any kind? Well, I mean, apart from that, I am sulking because uh, I usually, um, I have done uh, sort of live reenactments of the notorious War of the Worlds broadcast, usually playing the Orson Welles part, I may say. I have done this on stage seven times. Wow. I was really hoping to get a group together and do it this year because it is, as you referenced, the 80th anniversary as we record this on October 30th of the, uh, uh, what, what's, what has come to be called the panic broadcast, October 30th, 1938. The original fake news. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I, I wanted to do the show just so I could use that ad line, you know? <laughs> but, um, because it, it kind of was the original fake news. I mean, people had pulled pulled stunts like that before, but um, but yeah, I, and you know, as a fan, of course, of a classic radio drama, you that is one of the touchstones. Was the uh, Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater in the air doing an adaptation of H.G. Wells' novel, The War of the Worlds, but but updating it so that it it was happening now and to treat it as a news broadcast. So they're they're cutting in on the music program to to bring you updates about. You know, this nightmare thing that's happening and how very many people took it seriously because it sounded serious. It sounded real. And so, yeah, 80 years ago today. Mm. So I'm going to make you feel a little bit better. How about this? Mm. How about you envision, because we start out at the beginning of our podcast with music. Is that correct? That's right. So we break in into the music and we <laughs> do have a news segment and we have talked about War of the Worlds and we are going to tie that in in a way, just, just bear with me to mm -hmm. the story in itself because you did say fake news and there is a character in this story that has parallels to that. So maybe this episode yep. is our tip of our hat maybe to the 80th anniversary of War of the Worlds. How about that? Yes. Cool. Well, and, and it's, it's worth it's worth mentioning too that there is an excellent uh, big finish adventure in which the Eighth Doctor gets embroiled in the events of October thirtieth, nineteen thirty eight. Ah, so cool. I'd, I'd call it by name if I hadn't just suddenly blanked on what it's called. So, um, well, well, while big, you're out yeah. in infinity blanking <laughs> on what it's called, I'll just go ahead and introduce our other co-host, Mr. Clarence yeah. Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing proper well. Doing pretty good. Cool. Cool. I'm glad you're doing proper awesome. <laughs> so what's been going on in the life of Clarence Brown lately? Oh, man, nothing much. Just the same old, same old podcasting and programming. That's pretty much it. Ah, cool, man. <laughs> we're glad to be on for another episode, man. Cool. Well, glad to have you. Glad to have you both. And 
speaking of the news, I wanted to kind of touch on, or not kind of, actually touch on a bit of news of Rosa, which is our last review that we did. And the final viewing figures have come in with a total of 8.37 million viewers in the UK. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. We were talking about dates just a moment ago. This one made me really happy. And Clarence, this will kind of tie in to someone that we both met last year at Con Costabrus in Huntsville, Alabama. There is a upcoming or an upcoming Doctor Who audio drama from Big Finish, and it is called Doctor Who, the 8th of March, and it is going to star Ace, or, you know, Sophie Aldred is Ace, Professor Bernie Summerfield, Professor River Song, Leela, which we met, uh, the three of us met last year at Hulanta. Um, Louise Jameson. Yep, Louise Jameson. Unit team of Kate Stewart, who is Gemma Redgrave, and Osgood, Ingrid Oliver, and Mm -hmm. also Osgood, Osgood, the other Osgood. And for the first time together in the big Finnish stories, Madame Vastra and Jenny, Katrin Stewart and Neve McIntosh. Ah, that is freaking awesome, man. What what a cast. Yeah. So it goes on to say, four adventures set in the 8th of March will see some of the strongest women in the universe working together. And there's four different stories with different pairings. Interestingly enough, uh, Emancipation will pair River Song and Leela together. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Just just an interesting pairing. <laughs> yeah. Hold hold that in your mind for a minute. Yeah. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. I just thought that that was worth mentioning especially since I think we brought up would you be interested in doing Big Finish when Ketrin was doing her interview. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and especially since she, you know, pretty much considers her journey with with Doctor Who largely over. At least she did when we uh talked with her uh, a few months back. So it's cool to see her diving in and getting back into the Whoverse. Yeah. And you know, um maybe maybe next year when we get the next season of Doctor Who, maybe we'll get some of these these older um characters that we all know and love come back maybe for some cameos or something. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. And what's really cool speaking of you you know, you saying or mentioning that she thought her time with Doctor Who is over. It's interesting on the artwork for the big finish, uh, the stories. I find it quite interesting. River is not in the front. Madame Vester is front and center. And on one side is Kate Stewart and Jenny's on the other. So kudos <laughs> to her. <laughs> yeah, she's she's in either the number two or number three position. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, still speaking of big finish, that, that uh, War of the Worlds, um, episode that I was talking about is called Invaders from Mars, and it is a legit eighth Doctor adventure with his companion Charlie, who's played by India Fisher. But uh, you talk about cast. It also has Simon Pegg in it. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, and kind of a cameo by uh, Katie Manning, and uh, it was written and directed by Mark Gatiss, and Mark Gatiss plays a role in it as well. Can you imagine the the arrogance it would take to write and direct a radio drama and then to have the effrontery to sh- to star in it as well. <laughs> mm, the nerve. I what can't a, yeah. imagine. I, w- I don't. I don't. I don't think I would want to be around someone with that much ego. I mean, could you yeah. imagine? 
And, and and on top of that, what about if you had someone who was in one, two, three, four or so podcast and then also gets on the radio drama with you or with right. with that person? Exactly. I imagine yeah. both of them. Gosh. And then wow. if you even had somebody that interviewed them both, I mean, really, got to laugh at you know, ourselves sometimes. Discussing who has picked up a lot of new members, so uh, new listeners, and welcome everybody, and welcome newcomers. So a lot of folks may have no idea what we're talking about. So the, mm. anyway, we, we just ran them off by talking about relativity. But yeah, yeah. so wrong. for anyone listening, what we were in joking uh, saying about ourselves, if you are new, like Lee said, we are fantastically proper, glad that you're here. And we also do several other podcasts amongst the three of us, including Discussing Trek, Discussing Comics, the Relativity Podcast, Techpedition, which is a Techpedition or technology-related podcast. So we do all of that. And we have YouTube channels. So one last thing I do want to mention before we move on into the story itself, all three of us have watched the Doctor Who Strictly Come Dancing bit. And I'm kind, of, kind of sorry I shared that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I had seen it, okay. but just wow, maybe thoughts, <sighs> maybe. Well, I'm not a particular fan of Dancing with the Stars, though I may have been forced to watch it in a previous lifetime a few times. Um, I thought the production values were pretty good. I was interested in it. It somehow mm. kept me watching, but but just absurd to say the least. <laughs> So I just have to say this real quick. Your your comment back, Clarence, was laugh out loud. Why did I enjoy this? <laughs> hey, that was meant for private chat. <laughs> um, I, here's my thing. I don't watch, you know, Dancing with the Stars either. I don't get it. That's never my thing. But it's it's kind of like you. I couldn't stop watching as weird as the Cyberman looked. <laughs> you know, so Kudos to them for going out and representing Doctor Who. So they looked like they had well, fun. That's right. Yeah, there's there was a there was a proper TARDIS replica too. That was very nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and one other thing before we move on, considering the fact that we are recording this on the thirtieth of October, which you know we've already made reference to the date. Uh, obviously, October the thirty first is going to be you know Halloween. So at work, our department has decided they are doing dress up tomorrow. I generally don't like doing dress up, but, and they decided to do the, you had to pretty much do the decade for which you were born. So no. 1970s. Any ideas, perhaps maybe as to Fourth Doctor? Yeah. The which one? Fourth Doctor. Oh, but yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I do. So I will share the picture uh, with you guys. And for anyone who would like to see the picture, you can also go to our Patreon page. It will be public uh, on Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash discussing network. So guys, are you ready to get into the story? Yabo. All right. Good deal. So for anyone listening, if you have not yet seen Arachnids in the UK, Put us on pause. Go watch the episode, because from henceforth... Spoilers. 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 
Spoilers. And we are ready to review Arachnids in the UK. This is the fourth episode of the 11th series of the British science fiction program we all know as Doctor Who. It was first broadcast on BBC One on the 28th of October 2018, and it was watched by 6.43 million viewers, according, of course, to unofficial overnight figure. So summary view, Lee, what did you think of the episode? I quite enjoyed it. Um, I, it there's, a, there's an old joke about the film um, Snakes on a Plane, and the joke is, what's it about? Um, <laughs> you know, so an episode called Arachnids in the UK. <laughs> yeah, what's it about? Uh, and it is, uh, you know, just as it says on the 10, this is a good old monster of the week, uh, Doctor Who. Um, it had to remind you, had to remind classic fans of, uh, of a story from, uh, from the 70s. Let's say, um, I read, in fact, online a comparison of this with, um, the last third doctor adventure of the, uh, the green death. So, um, so, so it has a lot of classic stuff about it and um, kind of leavened with a, yeah. And you know, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I thought that was called planet of the spiders. Planet of the Spiders, you're right. That's not his last episode. It's, it's, uh, Joe Grant's last, last episode. episode is the yes. green death. Right. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I stopped caring when she left. So that's why. <laughs> that's my last fame. Sarah exactly. Jane Smith. Hello. Oh, it's true. Sarah's on her way. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, sorry, I derailed also, you. Sorry. Yes, you did. But, uh, and I don't remember what the point of that was. Oh, just that, um, that it, it, there, there are enough new things about this episode, new feeling things that it's very 2018, but it also had a, a real feel of, of the show from 40 years ago as well that, that I enjoyed. So that's my quick. All right. Records. Clarence, what about you? Hmm. Um, there are parts of this episode that I really loved. Um, for instance, Yaz's family. Um, but overall, I didn't really enjoy the story. Um, and maybe it was the cartoonish nature of, um, uh, um, the Alec Baldwin S. Trump S. character. <laughs> uh, Jack um, Robertson. Yeah, Robertson. That, that kind of threw me off. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're going to get into it, but I, I don't know if I really enjoyed this episode, man. What about oh, you, Cal? Interesting. So for me, I agree with, with what both of you just said, as I, you know, usually do. The, so here's what I liked immediately about this. I have never, no matter how many Doctor Who episodes that I have ever seen, I've never had that hide behind the sofa or want to hide behind the sofa moment. I had that with this one. I hate spiders. I freaking don't like spiders. I don't want to see a spider. I just, they make my skin crawl. I don't like spiders. This freaking creeped me out. So for that. As you expected. As you expected. And it did. I mean, the, the whole idea of the, um, you know, creepy crawly actually was a lot better than the knock knock last year. And I don't like those things either. But I think you knew those were alien bugs, and these are spiders that any of us could have inside our walls at any given point. Yeah, it was freaking creepy to me. So for that, kudos to them. The not-so-sort-of-kind-of-maybe Donald Trump, not Donald Trump, 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 uh, didn't care. Yeah, so I'm kind of with Clarence on that. So that's my over-summary you know, summary view. So Clarence, I want to ask you, you, you – had a very good 
statement that you said, the Alec Baldwin meets Donald Trump impersonation, which it was kind of a good parody of. So my question to you is, do you think it is okay that our shows keep injecting politics? Because we even mentioned that on last night's recording somewhat of discussing Trek. So what do you think? I think it has a place, but I think I'm okay with it. But my fear is I'm almost to the point now with, you know, what we're four episodes in. I I, I don't want to give, I don't want to keep giving people excuses to abandon or trash Doctor Who. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, you know, if, if you if you're gonna introduce it and make a statement, I'm fine with it. You know, we all knew that this character Robertson in in this particular episode was just slapstick, laugh out loud kind of character. Uh, he was not taking the character serious seriously as, at all. Uh, Mister Big from Sex and the City. What's the guy's real name? I don't know. Uh, Chris Chris North. <laughs> Yeah, but but his 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 portrayal of the character was never meant to me to be in a serious sense, and it was it was played for laughs. At least that's how I I took it. So I mean, just whenever you have this in a show, you just don't want to keep alienating people. And you know, again, we're only four episodes in, and I feel like we're, <laughs> we are not holding anything back. Um, when it comes to to making these statements, and this is probably the most direct that I've seen the politics be in in New Who, uh, at least recently. Um, I know we've had references before to Trump, and I guess we did have a thing in the old office as well. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. We got 40 minutes of it, 50 minutes of it. So, so what did you think, Lee? Uh, that aspect didn't bother me in the least. Um I, I, Doctor Who has always been political. Um, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, though, Clarence. That we don't want the show to shoot itself in the foot. Um, but at the same time, I admire them taking a stand. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever that may be. I just, you know, the, the show, it means that the show has a voice. There's a, there's an editorial voice. Um, and which means they're, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, either hang from it or, um, uh, or, uh, <laughs> I, I lost the metaphor there. Are they going to sail away on it or something? I don't, um, that doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, it's funny that I, I, that was my note exactly too. I said Jack Robertson is not Donald Trump in any way at all. He's Alec Baldwin's impression of Trump. <laughs> yes. wrote. It, it really spot on. <laughs> um, it's really funny. But I, I, I thought that what's what's funny about him is how seriously he takes himself and, and how how sort of child how selfish and childlike his ideas are. So as satire, I thought it's pretty good satire. Um, uh, maybe not uh, of uh, of Trump. It's not limited to Trump. I, there are lots of people like that. I've worked for guys yeah. like this. I've worked for this guy exactly. And and he and and he he was he was ridiculous. He didn't think he was ridiculous, you know. But everybody else was laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I even see Kanye West as witnessed by that um, White House meeting. <laughs> I saw Kanye West in his character a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, so that gets back to, to me. I'm trying to figure out like what what is the overall message of what they were trying to say here, and and maybe that's the part that's bothering me because I don't know if I really understand oh, yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Well, let me add a little extra thought 
to mm-hmm. that. So I agree with you, Clarence, in the sense of let's not give anybody any reason to jump ship and, you know, abandon ship in any shape, form, or fashion. Unfortunately, people are going to criticize no matter how great or how good you do. Somebody is going to find something just for the sake of finding something. But I agree, don't give them something. Just don't hand it to them on a plate or a silver platter. (laughs) So in regards to injecting any political comment and even mentioning Trump, you know, by name like they did at some point in the story. If this is done for the intent of BBC doing a commentary that they want to do or the creators doing a comment and commentary because they want to do it because they're British, they're in the United Kingdom, they're not Americans, and they're just making a statement about what they see in America, whether they like it or they dislike it, they're making a comment. If that is why they're doing it, then by all means, that's their right. We're watching something that is not part of us per se. It is a British TV show. However, if they are doing and making that statement because they know that they have American audiences that they are catering to, to some degree, if that is the purpose behind it, then I have a little bit more of not because I'm offended that you did it, but don't, don't do that silver platter. You, so does that kind of make any sense? Am, am I making sense? I, I, I suppose so. I, I, it does seem to me like they've got more of a, a distance to be able to look at somebody like, um, like Trump <laughs> and to see him maybe whole yeah. and clear and, and then to draw this, this caricature of him. Um, because the the expression that I that I hear is uh, that I hear over there is when America sneezes, Britain catches a cold. You know, <laughs> yeah. You, you, there's no pretending like things that 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 we do don't have a direct impact on them, and um, they're they're watching him. And I I don't want to get too much into discussing Donald Trump here, but um, the, the general view uh, in the UK is that he's he's dangerous. Um, and so they depicted this guy, uh, who, who is, as I said before, an archetype. He doesn't have to be Trump. There's, there's lots of people yeah. like this that what they're, what they're, um, d- depicting is somebody with colossal wealth and power who doesn't apologize for what he does and who thinks that everything that he does is fine, uh, and is not interested in consequences and is perfectly willing to let uh, you know his his trusted assistant get eaten by spiders as long as he can get his phone back you know uh, the people like that are scary um and and I, so i think that's what that's about and that's why he's the 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 human villain in this story and if you again if you go back to the classic series there's always been a character like this there's always been somebody who was willing to uh throw everybody else under the bus for them to get what they want and um and they almost always get eaten by the monster in the end. So I was really waiting for that moment with uh, Robertson because um, <laughs> I knew it was coming, you know. Hmm. Okay, so I, I have to mention this real quick. And I, hmm. I've been sitting here debating not mentioning it because I don't want to sound like I'm harping either. But you know, I was watching Daredevil this weekend and I was making notes. And I'll just say that I found much more 
much more disturbing similarities in a character in Daredevil than I found in Robertson. So from that point of view, and I won't go any further because this is Doctor mm-hmm. Who, um, I found much more similarities in something by or someone by the name of Wilson Fisk than I did Jack Robertson. So yeah. there, there, there I said it. So let's keep going. <laughs> the TARDIS lands 30 minutes after leaving the warehouse and we see them start saying goodbye. And the doctor appears to me to kind of hesitate when she's really kind of feeling like, oh, she wants them to come with her. Did she hesitate? What do you, what do you think, Lee? I'll let you take that oh, one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a funny emotional scene. Uh, um, since we're, we're playing the doctor as somebody who has odd social skills. Um, <laughs> but she, yeah, she, she was really doing the, uh, the sad eyed, why don't you ask me to go home with you thing? <laughs> and, um, and then Yaz does it and, you know, end of scene. I, I, I thought it was all, I thought it was all very sweet. I like that. For, and I know there'll be people who will hate it for that reason. So whatever. So what did you think? Lou? Did you, I mean, excuse me. What did you think, Clarence? Did you see that as being her hesitating or how did you see it? I, I totally agree with Lee said. She definitely did. Um, well, let's get, I guess it's time for me to leave now. Yeah. <laughs> time to go home. And, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and then I also loved in that scene where, um, you know, Ron was like, "Well, we didn't get in, we didn't get invited," and he's like, "You crazy? You're 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 coming too?" You know, I love that bit of uh, unity they had in that moment. And we've been hoping for a Yaz intense story. We've been sort of feeling like she's been pushed to the side. So uh, oh. as soon as it was clear we were going to her her place, I said, "Ah, this, yeah, now it's on." <laughs> Yes. So while I'm, you know, looking at thinking about getting a flat and maybe getting a sofa, you know, maybe a purple sofa, I could sit on it or something like that. So while I'm thinking about that, I want you guys to tell me, what did you think of her family? Clarence, what, what were your thoughts? What did you, what did you think of the family? I love Yaz's family. They are the greatest. <laughs> I, I want to go spend time with them. They are freaking hilarious. Yeah, you'd be um, welcome. <laughs> the sister, um, um, you have friends? <laughs> Is she paying you? You know, don't I, crash. I, oh man, her, her freaking family is fantastic. And, you know, we eventually meet her mother who's fantastic as well. So, I mean, yes, has a, uh, some pretty good people around her, though we do see where, you know, maybe she has her own reservations with maybe pressure, uh, for a career and things like that, uh, a bit. But, um, overall, I love her family. And, um, you know, <laughs> one of the gr- funniest moments in this episode is when, um, Yaz's yeah, sister hits on Ryan. <laughs> he just kind of looks like, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Lee? What did you think? Oh, all same, all the same. Yeah. I, 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 I want to go hang out with them too. Um, I took an instant liking to Yaz's father uh, just because he seems uh, slightly potty, and I, and he made me think a little bit of Pete Tyler. Um, really, how interesting? So? Curious. Um, he, he's got the mad idea about this. Uh, the, the, he's got this conspiracy theory, and it made yeah. me think of uh, of um, the the early Pete of, of his um, <laughs> get rich quick schemes. Yeah. So. There, there was sort of that, and then the rest of the family doesn't believe in them. Is is, is part of the, the tie that binds there. Uh, although in this case, he was right. 
Yeah. Uh, bringing the garbage inside the, the flat, though, is not, yeah. you know. Just, I cringe a little bit. Yeah, like, oh, so did we know what the garbage was? I mean, I mean, obviously it had a smell to it, but did they never said that it was toxic, or did they? I, I You know, the, the connection was suggested so strongly that I accepted it, but I don't know what the exact connection was. Uh, we didn't see that it had spider webs on it or anything like that. So, yeah. I, so I missed it. Uh, so one know. thing that I continue to read several times is there are a lot of people who are making the connection with some of the questions that Yaz's mother asked her. For instance, she asked first, <laughs> are you dating Ryan? Then she asked, are you dating the doctor? Because she doesn't know this is an alien. Did, did you guys get the feeling that they were saying that Yaz was bisexual? And then I'll give what I think. Um, personally, I just thought that they were surprised she had friends, period. <laughs> so whether it be a guy or a girl, they're just surprised she knows somebody because I guess she's a loner is kind of the, the vibe I got. Yeah. What about, yeah, what that's about how you? I read it too, yeah. And, but, you know, my LGBTQ friends on Facebook leaped on this. <laughs> so they were sort of punching the air and saying, ah, mom wouldn't be asking that question if she didn't already have the idea of Yaz as being uh, uh, bi. Mm. See, so, yeah, see, I disagree. I mean, totally. I took it more so on the lines of what uh, Clarence just said. Of if, if, if they ask, did you pay them to be your friends? Like, did yes. you pay them to come here? She obviously doesn't have many friends or many friends yes. that they know of. I took it as the mother was just happy that she might be dating somebody. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think there's that, too. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've, I've now done this with three kids uh, <laughs> coming through my house and saying, you know, that, that day when you bring home the boy or girl that, you you know, <laughs> um and that's so that's how I heard it. As you're saying, oh, so is this your fella or is this your lady? You know, it's okay. It's <laughs> just whatever, you know. <laughs> so let me ask about another character. And that character, of course, is going to be Graham, the only person who did not go with them in for tea. He goes home and we see him visiting by first, I would say, a voice slash, you know, Reoccurring Image. character. Yes. Mm -hmm. And right. <laughs> yes. And you are, you, you're going exactly where I was going. My question is, do you think that was worded that Sharon D. Clark would be in a returning role as, oh, well, who is she actually pay playing from the past when it actually meant she would be a role that would be returning throughout the series? Yeah. Well, you asked that question back uh, um, on the, woman who fell to earth. And I thought, um, uh, I bet we're going to see a lot more of grace. It's going to be flashbacks, my guess, but this is a lot more interesting. Um, there are a lot of shows that begin with the, you know, a character being killed off and then they're in the rest of the series, you know? So yeah. that's not, uh, that's not precedent setting. It could, it could be done. So, so do you guys see the, see this character as nothing more than him imagining and the memory of her and imagining speaking to her, is that what we're seeing or is there something else going on? Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. And, um, 
you know, whereas we see where Ryan is is kind of bounced back more quickly and then has uh, engulfed himself in his newfound friends and is, you know, seems okay for the most part. Uh, Graham is having a bit of a harder time and maybe that's something we're going to see throughout the rest of, you know, the rest of the season of him trying to to cope with what happened in the first episode. Hmm, interesting. One of the favorite parts that I had of this story was when he gets the letter from his dad and he finally reads it. And he mentions to Graham that, you know, his dad wants him to come live with him. And he says something about because he was my proper family. And then he says, I don't yeah. like that he put that. He's not proper. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where he got that word from. Yeah, I wonder. Mm. But, but, but I'm, I, I think I liked it so much because it was like you're seeing that bond start to happen between him and Graham. That's how I read it or watched it or saw yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, but I, I may have read it a little bit differently because I read it like, um, yeah, Ryan, you're actually not that, di- that much different from your father. You probably think you are, but you know, you have some of the same traits. And his father was using the word proper family in the letter. And we see that Ryan says proper in front of everything. Uh, that's, that's kind of what I got to see. Oh, wow. But, I didn't even get that. <laughs> cool. He kind of stresses the word proper when he says his dad says it and, you know, yeah. it's kind of ticked off by it. That's a good catch. It It, it is a, a common uh, expression in uh, in Britain. Uh, it, we we say really. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just used the same way. Hmm. Um, or not. Yeah. Real, I guess. Yeah. Real and really. Um, but so, yeah, I was intrigued that you 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 called it again, uh, Kyle. You're uh, you're you're batting a thousand on so far on your predictions for the series that uh, you're saying that Grace might be a recurring character, and uh, here she is. Yep, here she is. So I, I, I and I like that. I like having her in there because I I liked her in the first you know episode. So that's sure. that's cool. So I, I I'm purposely avoiding because I really don't want to talk about the spiders, but I know <laughs> we have to. You got to. So let's talk about the spiders. Can, can I take us back real quick before we jump into oh, yeah, the spiders? Oh, yeah. If that means we're not talking about the spiders, <laughs> take us back uh, wherever you want especially to. Especially not jumping into spiders. Yes, now. exactly. So, so back to the moment when they were in uh, Yaz's parents' uh, flat. Um, when they were talking – no, the doctor made the statement that uh, she used to be a sister – at the well, yes. Aqua Hospital, the right. Princeton Calcium Assassins. Yeah. What? Yeah, no idea. Yeah, so many unrecorded adventures. So yeah, or regenerations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, hmm. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't know. Um, it seems like uh, <laughs> Tim likes to throw in a lot of references to different things, or a lot of cultural references mentioning what he mentioned Amelia Earhart in this as well. So I always find whenever he does that, I'm, I'm looking to see, you know, is that something real or is he, is he just making up something for, uh, to kind of um, appease the fans or whatever. And this one, I thought for sure you guys were going to tell me, Oh no, this was something where maybe one of the male doctors was dressed up as a nurse in one of the past adventures. Uh, and, 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 you know, I thought it had some meaning, but I Googled this and couldn't find anything. Yeah. Um, Lee, do you um, want to reference it? You want to take that one? Uh, as far as I know, that's just another unrecorded adventure. The it's um it's a it's a long running joke 
on the show is to is to have the doctor casually mention something that oh. he or she has done in the past, and then we'll never hear about it again. You know, it's. Hmm. But see, so. here's here's the thing that 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 I think I'm with Clarence on, and the fact that it's troubling me. The only, <coughs> excuse me, the only time that I know of that I've ever seen the doctor dress up as a woman has been the third doctor in one mm-hmm. of, if not his first story, or one of the very first stories where he puts on and looks uh, like he's um, like cleaning windows or a maid or something. Yeah, he's, he's the cleaning lady. Yeah. Okay. That's the only time I've ever known of the doctor dressing up as a woman. Yeah. The, the Emilio Earhart could actually mm-hmm. be any incarnation of the doctor, not necessarily that incarnation of the doctor. That oh, yeah. said – being a nun kind of almost implied that that was either her or a previous yeah. female regeneration or or incarnation, I should say. Yeah, that kind of bothers. I mean, not that I don't want mm. there to be a previous female incarnation. I'm happy with knowing from first to second to third all the way up to you know twelve and now thirteen. I don't want there to now be another revelation of more incarnations that we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't either. And, um, um, it's, it's certainly not the first time it, it's come up that there are doctors before the first doctor. Um, but yeah, I think, I think all of fandom is uncomfortable about that. We don't, we don't like the idea of having to renumber. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why you get, um, you know, doctor 8.5. You know, <laughs> because we, we do not want to adjust the numbers. Yeah. I mean, so. you know, you know, I mean, we wrapped our heads around 8.5, calling him the war doctor. We wrapped our heads around tenant number 10, also being 10 or 11 and 12 per yeah. se. And then, you know, we, we wrapped our head around all of that. But if they go back and they say, Oh, well, actually, you know, when, Missy said since the doctor was a little girl, she wasn't, that wasn't the thing she was lying about. He really did start out as a girl. Again, not that I have a problem with it being a girl. Yeah. Hartnell, it's just another one. Yes. And yeah. have a 14th doctor be another woman if that's so be it. But don't go back and go to the beginning and say that there's a female incarnation that we've never heard of. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's funny for all the people who have uh, irked me in the last uh, year by saying, you know, they're they're uh, they're they're tearing the whole show apart, um, rewriting the show's internal history. That does feel destructive to me. That does feel like um, this is Chibnall's uh, saying, uh, you know what? I'm, it's not enough for me to take the show from here on. I want to take it from the beginning. You know? Yeah, I want to change it all. And uh, that's I don't like that. So, so, so I, I think, I don't think that's what they're doing. And so, um, and if it isn't, I'm glad. Mm. Any thought, any more thoughts on, from you, Clarence, on that one? Yeah. All right. Cool. Spiders. He's just trying to put off the spiders. There we go. Yeah. I was trying <laughs> I was trying so hard. Spiders. Well, grab, grab some garlic and some vinegar and you'll be okay. Yeah. 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 And give me a cross and give me, you know, uh, <laughs> a burning, uh, a burning steak or, you know, sure. bullets of steel or whatever. I freaking <laughs> no hate guns. spiders. No guns. No guns. Yeah. No, no, no guns. But I will say this. If I were in a lottery and I got Spider-Man's powers, I, I would give the, the ball back because I don't like spiders. Anyway. <laughs> 
All right. That's a stretch. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. That's that's no. somebody who doesn't like spiders. I really you, you don't know, like spiders. spider powers, yeah. Everybody loves Spidey. Come on. Yeah. Well, I do like Miles Morales. I really do. So cool. Um so what did you what did y'all think of mm. what did you think of the spiders? Clarence, I'm gonna let you take that one. <laughs> what did you think of the spiders? Mm. Uh, okay, you said they were scary to you, and I get that. People do have fear of spiders, uh, arachnophobia. Um, honestly, you know, only time I ever got a little, um, you know, ooh, scared a little bit was when there was multiple coming down the hall uh, toward Graham and uh, Ryan. But other than that, I thought the CG on the spiders was well done. Um, and I kind of like the story of how they kind of, you know, got bigger and they were experimented on in this lab and they were supposed to have been properly disposed of, but they were not. They were sent to this hotel, but uh, landfill or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> that uh-huh. some yo-yo built a hotel on top of. Yeah. And I love that because that, to me, that sounds like classic monster to me. <laughs> you know, maybe some radioactive stuff mm-hmm. was in the wrong place or and it got spilled on the wrong animal or creature. And, yeah. you know. Ooh, How many times have we heard that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lee, what did you think? Uh, I really enjoyed them. I, I don't uh, spiders don't don't bother me um, uh, too much. They do um, uh, operate in excess of the what I what I like to think of as the maximum number of legs that things actually need. Um, <laughs> that that doesn't trouble me as much as getting up close to them, where you can see that they have way more than the number of eyeballs that I think anything needs so that's but you know that's just me but um but anyway so they they don't bother me um so i was able to sort of sit back and enjoy the animation and the modeling on this cg which i thought was outstanding um just fantastic stuff and you know we've been promised a cinematic quality of these 10 episodes and being down in the toxic waste dump was one of the times that it really struck me. I mean, that's not a real place down there. I hope <laughs> that hell hole down there, um, which means that they, they built all of that in, in a computer. And it's, uh, I just thought it was, uh, extraordinary, just, just fantastic. So, so I really appreciated that. Um, the only time when the physics bothered me was when the 15 foot spider was climbing on the ceiling. And I said, you know, if that spider weighs <laughs> as much as we think it does, there is no way it would be able to walk on the ceiling like that. You know, yeah. uh, but as always, does anybody care? I don't. Um, you don't care so that I, Peter Parker can walk on the ceiling? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. If I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for all of Spider-Man, then why, why should it bother me here? Um, yeah. So so I, 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 I really liked it. And I, and I like the fact that uh, – um, we were being reminded by an actual zoologist that spiders are for the most part really friendly. They really don't bite people a lot. Um, and they, um, they live on insects that are, are pests to everybody else. So it's one of the reasons why I'm not scared of them. Cause I know that they're, they're usually a lot more scared of you than you are of them. And they are eating mosquitoes uh, to which I think they are entirely welcome. Um, mm. If I could grab the mosquitoes and, and bring them to the spiders, I would do it. <laughs> so um, that's fine. But so uh, a couple of people uh, online, I guess the, the extent to which I was looking at uh, people who didn't like the episode was people complaining about the fact that the story doesn't wrap up properly. And I guess that's a fair criticism. The, there's all this effort to try to get the spiders into a Robertson's safe room. 
and to try to, to find a merciful end for the spider that's outgrown its own ability to live. But we don't actually see what it is. Hmm. Um, we, we don't see what happened to all the spiders that were in the safe room. And uh, what was the doctor's plan exactly? You know, she was saying, don't shoot it. Well, you, you have, what, what was your plan? You know, we, we didn't, we never got there. And it's one of those things where I wish nobody had brought it up because it hadn't bothered me until they said it. But yeah, so, yeah that is kind of an interesting story hole. Or is it? If it didn't bother me, then maybe I don't care. But so were you able to, I mean, were you, were you behind the sofa, you know, saying, well, I never got behind the sofa. I did kind of cringe the first couple of times I saw them. But candidly, that was at the point to where once I saw them and I kind of got used to seeing, you know, how they looked, I started paralleling between Planet of the Spiders and thinking, wow, they have come a long way. Yes. You know, since that one. Yes. The spiders in Planet of the Spiders are among the more embarrassing special effects of classic. Yes. Yes. That's the truth. So, so seeing that, yes, I I was able to get, you know, get past that. And the thing, and I'm going to go back, Lee, to something you said at the beginning when I think you referred to these spiders as being the monster of the week. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that they weren't monsters and they were the, the evil of the week or the, you know, the antagonist of the week. But what I really liked about them was, and it's something that both of you have just touched upon, which was they didn't come from outer space. They weren't changed by something that was a something that came from outer space. They were the result of human action upon human action upon chance with just a little bit of what if, and here comes the big spiders. Not saying that that couldn't happen today, but not saying that it could. I mean, you know, one way or the other, mm-hmm. it, yeah. that might possibly happen today with some of the experiments and waste and whatever that's going on. Mm-hmm. That I thought was really, really cool. It's a really good point. Yeah. So what yeah, did you guys think about that decision to kill the spider? Do we think that was the wrong decision? Was it a mercy killing? Was it a, a you know, a, look at me, I've got my gun, I'm shooting it. What What do you think? Clarence, what do you think? Hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I just find myself trying to, and maybe this is bigger than Doctor Who, certainly. Um, is there ever a reason to use a gun? You know, that, that's what I found myself thinking because, you know, I'm hearing the doctor's words echo in my mind as I'm, you know, watching the episode for a second time. Uh, the doctor's absolute in, in uh, the doctor's opinion. But is that really true? <laughs> is there a time for guns? Uh, I think obviously there is, but I don't know. I'm not pro. I'm not on either side of the argument. I don't own a gun, <laughs> but, but I, I just, I just find that argument echoing in my head to like, okay, is there ever a time where you need, you know, deadly force in that manner? And I do like the idea of, um, all life is precious. I like the idea that was kind of echoed in, in this episode. And maybe, I, maybe I would like to hear more of the all life is precious argument than just, mm. Bad gun, bad gun, bad gun. Yeah, the positive <laughs> instead of the negative. Yeah, the, the reason why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a great book called uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, right? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's not essential to the plot or anything. It's just a remark that uh, the hero of that story makes that, um, you know, 
it, well, I mean, he 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 uses a rifle to shoot a, a dog has rabies that kills the mad dog in the street. But um, but tells his daughter, you know, you that's a time when that's appropriate. Yeah. But you know, um, nobody would, you know, it would be wrong to use a gun to kill a mockingbird because it's not hurting anybody. It's you know, um, and, and so I think that's sort of where the doctor is on on these things. You know, whether she's whether she admitted or not that. There are mad dogs. And I, and so I think it's real interesting that we end up in this situation where I guess I was kind of thinking the same thing. Robert's saying, you know, it's a mercy killing. And I thought, yeah, it kind of is. Isn't it? Everything is suffocating. I, does it also, and I'm, and I know this is going to almost sound like blaspheme here, but is it also, is it almost being hypocritical of the doctor to keep saying no guns, no guns, no guns when we have seen versions of the doctor that who have either you know said you know i've taken lives i may not have killed them mm-hmm. but i've talked them into it or we've right. seen the doctor watch a bad guy get sucked out into space or whatever that mm-hmm. you know terrible end might be and not do anything to all life is precious you know so is it is it more that your the writers are preaching the gun debate to us by no guns or is this something new about the 13th doctor that uh, as she discovers her personality this is a conviction that she finds because just the fact that it was spiders made me think of the rachnos oh good good one and boy the doctor killed some rachnos oh man my children yeah and had to have a human say okay that's enough oh good one and and that might be just a theme, like you said, of this doctor, because I'm thinking back when uh, and, and, and uh, the woman who fell to Earth and when they were on the scaffolding, the crane and, and the uh, I forget the alien's mm-hmm. name got Tim kicked Shaw. off. Yeah, Tim Shaw got kicked off and she just looks at the the, the uh, guy she was trying to save. She was like, you didn't have to do that. So mm-hmm. this, this this might be more of the message of this doctor, um, you know. Versus trying to, you know, say a particular thing about a particular uh, gun or whatever it is. Uh, maybe just her message is just we don't want to kill, you know. Yeah, because my favorite line uh, of this, I mean, I enjoyed the, the humorous aspects of Jack Robertson. I enjoyed him as as a cartoon character. So that, that didn't trouble me. My favorite of his lines was, why don't you do what normal people do? Get a gun, <laughs> shoot things like a civilized person. <laughs> Yeah, that was. He great. means that, you know. Yeah, and I, I, I know that guy. Yeah. Get a gun and shoot things like a civilized person, and and so he's there to be in contrast to the doctor. Who, so cool. Yeah. So I have a couple of more things I want to talk about for this story. Um, one of which was the ending. Does anyone else, though, before I get into these last couple of things? Have anything that you had in your notes that we've not covered yet that you wanted to mention? <laughs> Ryan's shadow puppet. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> noticed that too? Yes. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I just, I love Ryan. <laughs> oh, boy. Also, that um, we talked before about how the 13th Doctor, um, if she's drawing on previous incarnations, it really seems to be uh, 11. Um because she, there's a lot about her uh, physicality that is a lot like uh, Matt Smith's. I mean, just sort of his way of using his body and his hands and his voice. 
But um, this whole thing about, uh, you know, I, I could live in an apartment. I could do that. I could have a sofa, have a purple sofa, you know, that kind of rattling on about how he's going to live a normal life. That's exactly like the thing in Day of the Doctor. You know, I, could, I could be a curator. I'd, I'd be curate. great at curating. I'd be, be a, a great curator. Great curator. You know? <laughs> I could retire and, and uh, be the curator of this place. And uh, and over her shoulder, I call people dude now. I, I almost expect her to say calling people dude is cool. <laughs> uh, so she... So yeah, that's fun. I, I think I think I enjoy her Eleventh Doctor more than Matt Smith's. So <laughs> now I won't go that far, but I will say that I also hear a little bit of Tennant in some of the things that she's saying. She she's definitely got a lot of his cadences and speech patterns. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed the jokes in this. I I, I really liked uh, that uh, the things that uh, Robertson has set aside for his survival are food, water, <laughs> entertainment system, a book. A book <laughs> of that. Yeah. Um, we can speculate yeah, on what it is. Um, let's. Oh, and you're that bloke. She thinks he's when he says everybody's heard of me. She says, "Are you Ed Sheeran?" <laughs> Ed Sheeran's running for president. Yeah. <laughs> so, Clarence, what about you? Did you have any other uh, things you wanted to mention before I get into my final two? Yeah, just a few things. I thought the hotel was a wonderful set piece. Um, yeah. it was, he's very unique in the look and, you know, looks like a brand spanking new hotel just sitting out there, which, which they've invaded and, you know, having their adventure in. So I love that. Um, I also, it kind of bothered me, uh, when they were in the lab and they do this uber cliche thing of drawing lines on the map and pointing in the middle. That just kind of irked me a little bit. <laughs> Because you've seen it a hundred thousand times. So many times. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, finally, I loved uh, Ryan's, uh, I don't even know the group he mentioned, but when he was talking about playing the music to draw the spiders in the vaults, (laughs) I love how he told uh, uh, Yaz, you are so uncool. So (laughs) (laughs) right now. (laughs) Yeah. That was so great. So, yeah, just just a few tidbits. Oh, great minds think alike. Because one of my two things I had left was I really like the music. I like the fact that we're not sticking with instrumental. And as much as I like Murray Gold, Lord knows I like Murray Gold. (laughs) And, And, you know, hands down, I loved his music. That said, I really like that we're getting something different. Yeah. The only thing I say about the music, um, it probably has to be a licensing nightmare uh, going forward because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the video game world. Um, whenever they move a game, and I think they've tried to clean up some of this lately, but whenever they move a game from one platform to the to another, they have to relicense all the music that's yep. in the game. So I, I don't know if they're going to have this similar issue where the music is not of their own creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pulling in popular uh, mu- music from popular artists. And we've had, you know, popular music in Doctor Who before, but sure. you know, so, you know, it, it may not be as big a deal as I think it might be. <laughs> it's it's always going to be a big deal. <laughs> yeah. so. and, and I accidentally closed the m- music video, but I actually looked it up. I think the gentleman that did this song was an independent UK, I believe, uh, artist. So he wasn't like a proper label or something like that. Mm-hmm. You see, now I'm using proper. Right. <laughs> that's okay. the second time we've had uh, a a UK uh, reference to something that's cool that's going on over there, which, you know, maybe they're trying to um, 
culture the rest of the world on the cool happenings <laughs> that that, oh. that are going on over there. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Had the artist last week. Yes, that's right. absolutely. So the last thing to kind of end it up before we actually do our final review is the ending itself, which was them coming back to the TARDIS saying, hey, we want to travel. Mm-hmm. And the response that the doctor gave, I think, was my favorite part of the entire story, which was her saying to them, you're not going to come back the same people as you left here. Be sure. And Graham mm. says, good. Yeah. That made me think that something might go down. <laughs> mm. that, that one of them, I don't think anyone will die, but... I really think something might happen that has some really huge stakes uh, before the season is over with. You know, it's kind yeah. of a vibe. I'd be a little surprised if, if it wasn't. But uh, I, I I loved this moment, too. And it, and it sort of reinforces this idea that what we're getting is the Doctor's emerging personality that's different from her previous lives. Because this is the note I wrote. It's taken her 13 or 14 lifetimes to learn this. But this time she takes on passengers properly. Proper? Yeah. And by asking them if they know that their safety can't be guaranteed and that if they return, it will be as different people than they are now. Wow. And uh, the doctor's never done that before. Mm-mm. I mean, that was monumental. Yeah. If you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not could- just the current, uh, you know, companions that you could say that about. Look at Joe Grant, who said that she waited for decades for the doctor to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly Sarah Jane did. And, um, yeah. Look at, I mean, look at Patrick. I mean, you know, he died. Well, Bill and, um, yeah. Yeah. I always think about that moment where uh, in the runaway bride, where uh, Donna finds Rose's jacket and, uh, she, she basically corners the doctor about, yeah, who's this, you know, what happened to her? Mm. Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) When it has just in our timeline happened, um, yeah, is anybody going to come on board to find a picture of Bill and say, "Hey, she looks nice." Whatever happened to her? Well, that's why we don't keep. That's why we keep changing the desktop theme. That's, that's why right. we keep redecorating. Yes, yeah. so, yeah, so you don't find these little things lying about. Hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I thought that was very. Uh, uh, yeah, I think monumental is the right word, Kyle. I think I think that's it. So, Clarence, what about you? Any thoughts on what the doctor said at there at the end? Or anything of that that they may have said, the, the three of them. Um, it, it's it's always that allure of the TARDIS, and you know, after just a few adventures, we see where they're already hooked. They're already hooked, and maybe more so on the for Yaz and Ryan uh, is the adventure part of it, and we see where Graham is is there almost to to forget uh, about the pain that he's going through. Uh, it's kind of a therapy for him to be there. So, so I, I thought that was really good. And also, uh, hashtag Team Tardis. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm curious now to know if hashtag Team Tardis is a trend. Oh, sure. <laughs> or has it trended? Well, it, w- it wouldn't take long to find out. No, it wouldn't. So, gentlemen, let's go ahead and give our ratings. And since I always put you guys on the spot, I'll give mine first so that I can't copy Good. yours. Yes. Set a trend. Yeah, Be let's bold. set a trend. So, 
I'm going to, off the top of my head, since I haven't heard the two of you give your ratings, Mm -hmm. 3.75. I will give because it did make me cringe. It wasn't the most solid of stories. I did actually enjoy it much better than I did the Ghost Monument, actually. So the pacing of it, the story itself, I actually liked better than the second episode. So 3.75. Lee, what do you say? I'm going to give it a four. I think I enjoyed it a lot more than you did and uh, found it, found a lot of it more valuable. Um yeah, I guess there were there were still some some problems. Maybe four isn't high enough, but uh, I don't know. That's my that's my instinct, so I'll go with that. All right. So trust your instincts. Yeah, Mr. Brown. Oh man, I'll do it in classic Cal Jones fashion and come squarely in the middle. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going go with about three point six. Three point six. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it had some fun points. Love the Yaz's family. They're freaking terrific. <laughs> uh, I just want to stay with them all day. Forget about these spiders. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I ultimately didn't enjoy the episode that much, but I do think, I agree with Kyle. I do think it was better than, than Ghost Monument, which I think I gave a 3.5. So a 3.6. Cool. Cool. So I'm interested. I can't wait till we get to the season finale and we get and do our series as a whole and mm. and be able to talk about you know when we said this back into this and now that we know the whole story blah 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 i can't wait for that yeah <sighs> but will this season have that type of effect because mm. we don't have the through line i i don't know <laughs> or do we and we just don't see it yet yeah mm. could be yeah and would that not be so brilliant that we don't see what it is because with Moffat, he, he kind of hits you over the head with, Oh, you got to figure this out. Yeah. And case in point, I'm, I'm just going to go there is mm. the whole thing with the, um, the hybrid. Oh no, the hybrid. Where in the heck did that come from? Mm. No, it's curious. I'm, I'm really serious. That's a serious question. Where did oh, the hybrid- that was, that was a year before last. Oh, the yeah. The mystery was, what is the hybrid? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the answer is me. Me. <laughs> yeah. Lady May. Um, no, but the whole thing with Sharon D. Clark's character of Grace mm-hmm. is something oh. tells me there's mm-hmm. more going on. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, what if she really turned out to be? Like a time lord or something, uh-huh. <laughs> and we didn't know it. That would right. that would freak me to. Oh, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. But we'll see. <laughs> mm. What if? What if? And you know, unfortunately, Clarence, this is one you may not get. But Lee, I'm going to see if you get this. Mm. What if? If that is what Clarence said is true, that she is a time lord. What if this whole thing that she's been doing. Um, is nothing but a big experiment that she's seeing how people react to death. And this whole thing is nothing more than a big experiment. So Lee, are you getting where I'm leading to there? I guess not. All right. So where I was trying to go there was they, in the late eighties tried to create another version, not another version of the master, but another character who was similar to the master who was all about experimenting on people that's right the ronnie yeah and we've always never seen her again that's right 
maybe mm. in big finish, but not on screen. Right. She she's actually responsible for the sixth doctor regenerating into the seventh doctor because she, it was by her hand or in her machinations that you know the TARDIS was attacked. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. In an effect that uh, the spiders in Planet of the Spiders look like something from Jurassic Park. So, yeah. yeah. Got you. <laughs> All right. So for anyone, listen, I think we have talked the spiders out of the building. So <laughs> thank goodness. Thank goodness. They're gone. We've exterminated the spiders. <laughs> so before Kyle says another corny joke, let me just say for anyone listening, we appreciate your time. We're glad that you're here. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Check us out on Patreon. Follow us there. Share the content if you would like. And also connect with us on all major social media. And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?